Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark Christmas movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark Christmas movies. And I'm Bibbs, and I think Hallmark Christmas movies are the beanies. And this is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Oh, man, man. Mm. it's a big day. It's an exciting day. It's Hallmark Hall of Fame day. Yes. And we got a Hall of Fame guest. We got William Bibiani with us. That's Bibbs, right. as they call him. Bibbs, is that what I'm going to call you the entire episode? Uh, all my friends call me Bibbs, so yeah, you go right on ahead. I like mm. it. Bibbs, as he's known, is a film critic in Los Angeles. He was writes for The Rap, IGN, Bloody Disgusting, Am I Missing Any? Uh, those are the big ones. I also do a lot of podcasts. Yeah, he does. And he also is a great Twitter follow. In fact, when he when the, the title came out for the new Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker, yeah, yeah. he had a rant about that title that I found, like, it, it gave me all the feels, and I loved it so much that I sent it screenshots That's of true, it you did. to you. That's 100% true. And then I said, we need to get the guy on the show. That, yeah, and then it took us, I don't know, five, six months, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't Christmas time yet, so that's it right. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's a great um, Twitter follow is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. Um, what is your history with um, with the real cinema that is Hallmark Christmas movies? Do you have a history, a past with them? Uh, actually, funnily enough, not only do I have a past, but it's a story that has been told before on your show because uh, Alonzo Duralde has told it. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, I was in a car accident and I messed up my knee real bad. I had to have knee surgery and I was pretty much just trapped on a couch for the entire Christmas season. November, December, just stuck there. And my cable station was pretty much stuck on the Hallmark station. So this was around the time when they just started doing these nonstop marathons. And I absorbed like a, a plethora of Hallmark Christmas films every single day. I was watching like five a day there for a while. <laughs> wow. And what I discovered was, uh, on one hand, just because it was a really kind of a lousy time for me in general, that there are sort of plucky uh, determination to make everything Christmassy and light was well appreciated. And it really, you know, lifted my spirits in a very genuine, uh, not not very sophisticated, but a very genuine way. (laughs) Um, And as a film critic, I started noticing that when you watch like a whole bunch of them, uh, together, you start realizing that these are not just a bunch of Christmas movies. The Hallmark Christmas movie is as defined a genre as the Hollywood rom-com or the slasher movie or any other kind of cinema where people go to that movie to get the same thing over and over again. That's what a genre is. It's a bunch of rules for how to tell a story that people respond to and they want to see over and over again with only flight variations. And Hallmark has turned that into kind of an art form. So I wasn't just watching them. I started kind of studying them. And I started talking about them on my podcast at the time, much to the chagrin of my co-host. Um, <laughs> but then I started talking about them with other film critics. And the majority of them rolled my eyes. But Alonzo Duralde sort of perked up a bit and thought they sounded kind of interesting. And so I take... I take some pride in knowing that I converted at least one great film critic into the Hallmark fold. So Alonzo, <laughs> uh, is your fault. 
You're you're to blame on that, then, is what you're saying. I he he, he, he gave me credit on your show, so I'll just take it. That's, yeah, right. that's big that's time. One, that one's on me. I love it. Do you still uh, year after year kind of come back to them, or now that you can walk again, do you kind of stay, <laughs> <laughs> stay away? Uh, I I I don't mainline them the way that I used to because I have other things going on. Um, and in fact, the last couple of years, uh, I haven't had you know cable just for financial reasons. Uh, but then I discovered, you know, it's the uh, friendly, uh, which gave me access to Hallmark, well appreciated. And for you know, instead of paying over a hundred dollars for cable, I just get the Hallmark stuff at the holidays. And so this year, I've been able to watch more than usual, but still not as many as I'd like. Normally, I'd watch all of them, but it's been a very busy season. So how how often, Bibbs, are you on the friendly TV and you just roll on over to that on-demand section and see that deck the Hallmark channel? Do you ever do you ever do that, Bibbs? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's uh, com slash DTH, Friendly TV. We give away Hallmark for a year. We right. give away a Hallmark channel a, for a year free every week. It's very exciting. True. Um, it's a Hallmark Hall of Fame day. It's always a big day around the office. We have a little extra <laughs> spring in our step mm-hmm. uh, because we know that these movies are going to longer, uh, a little bit longer, <laughs> um, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better. Um, and a whole lot of fun. We're excited to talk about it. Guys, a couple of things, of course, we got to talk about Patreon. Uh, it's happening. Patreon.com slash protect the homework is the place to be. It's the best internet community in the world. That's true. That's true. Can you believe that? I can't yep. believe I it. Didn't, I didn't make that up. Like somebody voted us the best. That's, That's right. That's no, true. There's nothing I can do about Stat that. Stat guy. Blame him. Stat guy. Uh, so uh, patreon.com slash protect the homework for more um, just giddy fun. And also, did you know that we have another podcast? We do. It's called History or His Story. And basically, I tell these two guys three stories from you. United States history usually, and two of them are true, one of them's a lie, and they have to try to figure it out. And it's a lot of fun if you're into history, or and this has been true of a lot of people that listen to the podcast. They go, I couldn't get my husband to listen to Deck the Hallmark, but he loves history or his story. Maybe find a friend who loves the history and and allow him to join right. in on the fun. That's exactly right. Uh, guys, should we do it? Should I think we, we should. About it? Um, the Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, Christmas Love Story, originally aired on December uh, 7th. What? A Christmas Love Story. You're so right. Come on. I'm so sorry. It's I, like uh, you've never done this. I, let me, are, are, let are me you just, even really? Somebody I'll take it out I and mean. post. We've got Hall of Fame guest Bibbs with us. I know. And you're mm-hmm. not even pronouncing the articles correctly. And we even went over this in show press. This is we unreal. <laughs> Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, A Christmas Love Story, originally aired on December 7, 2019. And I want a little something like this. Catherine is a youth choir director who has this big star named Gavin who writes songs every year. Uh, that song is then sold and used to help fund next year's program. It's a wonderful thing that they do every single year. Uh, she used to be a Broadway star. She wrote and uh, and... Uh, starred in a uh, Broadway musical. She's now, uh, uh, out of the goodness of her heart, she's his choir director, and she's loving it. Um, Greg is a big architect boy who is single. He's uh, parenting his uh, son, and his wife passed away a few years ago. He's trying his hardest to do all of the same traditions that they used to do uh, when his wife was alive. Bad news, Gavin can't write the song anymore. Too much stuff going on, can't do it. So Catherine is going to have to write the song herself. 
there's this new kid that shows up, Danny. Uh, he shows up to volunteer for a day, but it turns out that this kid can sing. Uh, she's heading to practice and hops in a driver car, you know, uh, and she meets Greg, who is in the car. It's a rideshare situation. They chat and they smile and they go their own ways, but not for uh, very long. Um, she offers Danny a part in the show, and that's when Greg shows up. Danny is Greg's son. Greg does not really want Danny to be in the choir. Um, he's applying for college. He's going to get, go into business. Choir will just distract him from what he's supposed to do in life. Uh, Catherine keeps calling Greg to try to convince him to let Danny be in the show because he's got such an amazing voice. He's not answering the phone. So she decides to go to his house. She tells him uh, how rare of a talent Danny uh, is and Greg, uh, Greg agrees. <laughs> Greg agrees. Greg agrees to let him <laughs> sing. They're going uh, to go Christmas tree shopping, and he invites Catherine to join them. Uh, and when they get back to the house, a snowstorm comes, and she can't leave. Instead, she stays and helps him decorate the tree and bake some yummy uh, baked goods, some cookies, and whatnot. Uh, he agrees to let Danny sing, and everybody is pumped. Greg hangs out uh, to listen to the practice and he just finds himself watching her direct and is just mesmerized by all that she is. He invites her to join them for dinner and she's like, I can't, but you could come with me to see the Rock X knockoffs, the Razzle Dazzles. Um, after spending some time with Greg, uh, she gets inspired to write her song. She goes home and she writes most of the song. She's crushing it. She's loving it. She then joins them uh, for joins him for a company Christmas party party as his date. They hand out gifts as Santa and Mrs. Claus. She opens up about how when she was younger, she gave birth to a boy uh, and put that boy up for adoption. And they end the night with a kiss. Mm. Uh, she begins to do some research. She wants to get back in contact with her kid. Uh, she finishes the song and asks Danny if he uh, sing uh, with her as a duet. He agrees. Greg sees Danny is starting to look uh, at schools for music, and uh, I, how does he feel? I don't know. Uh, Danny shows up one day, and Catherine says, why did you find me? Danny is her son. He sought her out. Danny's adopted? Danny's adopted. That's exactly right. Uh, they have an amazing conversation. Everybody cries. It's great. Um, she does start to pull away from Greg. She's not sure uh, how to move forward with this relationship now that she knows that Danny uh, was, was her son, that she gave up for adoption and was adopted by, you know, the whole thing. It's, it's messy. It's complicated. Danny ends up telling his dad uh, that he found his birth bomb and that it's Catherine. It's showtime. Danny sings, um, uh, and and Gr Danny sings with her, and it's magical. Um, she uh, finally talks to Greg um, and thanks him for raising Danny. And he's like, "I don't want to stop hanging out together. I want to spend Christmas together." And so she uh, gives him a spatula on Christmas Day so that he can sing into it. They kiss, and that, my friends, was a Christmas, Christmas love story. That's right. Right, that's Nailed right, that's it. right. We did it. Boy, I'm all proud of us, guys. Of Good fame, job. All of fame. Uh, man, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have four segments on this show to talk mm. about this movie. Um, and I'm really excited about it. There's fewer things in my life that I would rather talk about. There are fewer things. 
in your life. <laughs> you want to you want to start from the top, buddy? I stand by it. Uh, I agree. Thank you, Panda. <laughs> Panda, you always have the hottest of takes. Yep, sure I'm excited do. to hear about what you think about this movie. Take it away, guys. I have a new number one. Mm. And it's a Christmas love story, and I love this movie. Let me tell you, there's the performances are great. Uh, this is a blast. I enjoyed the entire movie. It was there's singing, there's a plot twist, there's love in the air, there's some Christmas feels in there, there's good music. Uh, I don't know what more you could want. Uh, this is the best version of these type of movies, uh, and I loved it. Wow. Yeah. And Bibbs Bibbs is going to follow that. Bibbs, what did you think? I have have to follow that. Yeah. This this is not my favorite, but I did find it really, really interesting because I feel like two movies trying to fight each other. Uh, I'm not sure if this movie is trying to be about a really Christmassy woman who helps like a guy who wants his son to go into business, learn the true spirit of the holiday or if it's a story about a big city woman who helps, who, who like is helped by the small town guy learn the true spirit of the holiday. Like there are two different Hallmark movies <laughs> that got shoved together and like he's the protagonist of one and she's the protagonist of, of the other. And it actually is kind of sweet how they come together. Um, I actually really like this is a story about like two fifty somethings who fall in love in a very calm and measured way and that it's actually very slow and respectful and they start to like each other before they make a move and when they do it's very sweet it's not it's not as contrived as many of the others even though it ends with the most contrived ending i've seen in so long just like oh how are we gonna get like Kristen genoeth to be like the mom in this family uh <laughs> She already is. <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> when she announced that, that that kid was like her, when, when she announced that she had, uh, she gave me up for adoption, I was like, no, no, don't do it. No, that's not possible. You're not, you could possibly be going there. Five minutes later, they did. They went there. <laughs> I can't believe it. Just the, just the, the, the audacity to introduce that big a plot point. That late in the movie, like we forgot about it, just blew my mind. Um, so I like it, but I find it I find this very odd from a structural perspective because it just feels like the whole bunch of ideas is kind of shoved together and it's kind of a miracle that it works, but Christmas is a time for miracles. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think and hearing what he has to say about how defined the genre is, that makes sense because this does break a lot of the genre rules of Hallmark. It movies. does. Like it does. Both leads, neither one of them is cantankerous or really has to learn anything. Um, they do have a normal progressive relationship. A lot of the things in this movie, there is a plot twist, which is not a thing in Hallmark movies. So, yeah, I, I see where he's coming from for sure. Um, I love this movie, of course. I cried. I, I was so happy watching it. Um, it isn't going to be my favorite movie of the year. Um, and it, I, it is going to be my top five, but it's not going to be. I, I think it's going to land on number four by the end of the Wow. Um, I really, really love this movie. Um, but there's. Four? There, yeah, four. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Four. All right. Um, and 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 it's knocking two turtle doves off my top five, and so it's just a big that is it's, absurd. It's a big thing for Bran, uh, but yeah, I I love this movie. There's so much to this movie to love. Um, I 
I love I love the twist. I agree. I do feel like it it happened and it felt maybe it felt a little rushed at the end. Like we got to tie up all of this together at once. Um, but the, the song was a banger. It was a, it was a, we are the world knockoff Christmas jam. And I loved it. Um, there's so obvious. There's so much about this movie that I loved. Um, but it, 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 it was a little too, it was a little too much. Can I say that? It was a little bit too much uh, heavy handed. Uh, I, maybe I don't like twists in my Hallmark movies. Maybe that's what it was. You don't like it twists just in your felt like movies. a little yeah. it felt a little forced. It felt a little um, stuffed at the end. Um, but obviously, at the same time, it made me cry. And so I don't know what you want. Like, obviously, I'm very I'm a very complicated person. Yeah, I want it to be simple. I also want to cry. So. Figure it's, it out. Figure it out. What you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is tough because there's one hand of this, which is that the the Hall of Fame clearly takes its time to make a better, qu- just qualitatively better movie. So, like, if we're just talking about the filmmaking of it, like, all the time on this show, we say, this actor's too good for the material. And it's it's become a joke because the truth is, is that that's not true. Like, the truth is, is that these actors are good people that have found a home on a good network, and it's a good marriage. The reality is, is that Kristen Chenoweth is, in fact, too good for this material. Like, she is, she's plucky, she's charming, she's been doing this for years, she has a classically trained voice, she can classically yodel, which is unreal to me. She's been a, a stalwart on your screen for years and years. She's great in Pushing Daisies. She's great in a lot of other stuff. Um, she is really, really good. Like, she is good. The movie is good, uh, quality-wise. It's good. Like, it's it's a better-made movie than your average Hallmark movie. But the other side of it is, is it's A, it's longer, which never works in my favor in these movies. Like, I felt every bit of that extra 8 to 10 minutes. Um, B... I do think that there is something that is very difficult for me about making a happily ever after out of this story as quickly as they made one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it I felt like when I knew the twist was coming, I was like, that twist is great. And then as it kind of all came together, it's like so many times in these movies, they just kind of gloss over everything and make it all happy and everybody's great. But this movie, I feel like really did that. Like, he made his biological mom his new mom in such a quick fashion <laughs> that I, I kudos. I, I mean, God bless you, but like I was kind of off put about that. It, it is definitely qualitatively a better made movie than most of what we've seen, save for Christmas at the Plaza, which I think Ron Oliver still probably did the best work. Um, it will find its way in my top five, but I'm very confused right now. Uh, well, you know, one thing you talk about how easy it is at the end, and that's something I was really kind of marveling about at this film because. There's no escalating tension. None. Like, usually there's some arbitrary – I mean, it's usually arbitrary just to sort of make it seem like will they or won't they at the end when, of course, they obviously will. But they don't even bother with that. They don't even bother throwing something random in their way like a, like a bizarre misunderstanding or he thinks that she's keeping a secret from him but she's only – just not telling about the adoption because the son told her not to or something. And so it feels like they didn't really have to fight for anything. It feels like everything came super easily. Like the closest they come is when Danny tells uh, Kristen Chenoweth, um, yeah, you're my mom. And she's just like, Oh neat. And then they have a nice conversation and then they don't tell dad for like a half a day. Right. And then it's kind (laughs) of awkward. And he's like, it feels like it's been awkward. Oh, actually I'm your son's mother. Oh, that was awkward. Oh. Let's be in love. 
No. And so everything's sort of fine. And so everything just comes really, really easily in this movie, more so than usual. And it reminds you why we have those contrivances, why we have those arbitrary plot points in the third act of a lot of rom-coms, because otherwise it just feels like everything was nice and I kind of didn't need to watch it. Mm. Yeah, I think there. if you list like the top five Hallmark like classic tropes. I don't think this movie checks many of those boxes, yeah. right? It doesn't have an almost kiss. It doesn't have a misunderstanding. It doesn't have big city versus small town. It doesn't have one person fixing the other. It doesn't have, it does have like going to get a Christmas tree and a quick baking montage. But aside from that, like it doesn't have the things that kind of make the, the skeleton that is a Hallmark movie. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't have them. Doesn't exist. Where okay, so we've seen the last three now. We've seen this one, we've seen Christmas Everlasting, and the year before that was the Christmas train. Mm. Rank them. Rank them. For me, this one is the bottom Christmas Everlasting, then Christmas Train. And yeah, but Christmas I, Train won. Yeah, I love yeah. Christmas Train. It's a blast. It's a hoot. It is it is a blast. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Uh I would have this one one, uh Christmas Train two, and then Christmas Everlasting so three. So I would have Christmas Everlasting one, this one two, and Christmas Train three, but it's Christmas Train and this are a toss up for very different reasons. Christmas Train's just wild. Have ride. you seen those three movies, Bibbs? You know what? Actually, I'm going to have to like abstain from this one. I didn't know it was uh, there was additional research <laughs> I had to do before I went on the podcast, so I was not prepared for that. I think I might have seen Christmas Train, but I think I might have just seen the commercial so many times. I feel like I've seen Christmas it's Train. It's got Dermot That's Mulroney funny. and or Dur- Dylan McDermott in it. So and and a, and a train with yeah. a lot of mystery on it. A lot it. of mystery. It's the murder on the Orient Express without the murder. And um, yeah. You know what? Yeah. All three of those movies have a big twist in it. Christmas Everlasting has that uh, adoption thing. That's yeah. the twist. Yeah. They always have a big twist in the So hall, the hall old Hallmark Hall of Fame has the twist. It's a twist. You learn something new. Yeah. I love this movie, though. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Well, it's probably the greatest film ever made. So, you I mean, also, I feel- the, the, the amount of, of love that you showed it during the movie versus what you're talking now just didn't add up to me. It's my number four movie. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, what do you want? I don't know. I, I I do love it. Okay. I just I for me quality doesn't do anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't no, care you about don't that. care about quality. So while this movie <laughs> might be better qualitatively, I still and I that still enjoy be on the jacket of whatever we hard copy of any podcast that we like booklet. It's like uh, quality doesn't do anything for me. Brand. But just think, <laughs> so think about this. Here's what's in front of it. Okay, holiday for heroes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gift to remember two. Wow. And uh, Christmas at the Plaza. All three of those movies I freaked out about. Yeah, you so did. the fact that this is fourth is a pretty big I, deal. I feel like this movie does the Stone Cold Stunner on Holiday for Heroes. And I love, like, <laughs> listen, I love Holiday for Heroes. Like, But this one, like, it knocked it out. Like, just straight KO. Just Stone Cold Stunner. You yeah, know, well, it was an actual yeah, WWE right, wrestling move. Right, exactly. Right. I feel like Goldberg speared and jackhammered it, put it in the figure four. It did. <laughs> and it was tapping out by round two. I mean, I don't know what you want from me. This movie was awesome. There's no rounds in WWE. There's no rounds in um, WWE. It's all a big round. Let's talk about all the feels. This part of the show, we talk about what uh, this movie gave us feels. Uh, Bibbs, what, what, what gave you some feels? You know, I was watching the movie, and uh, the thing that gave me the most feels, and I feel bad saying this because I know you guys loved it so much, uh, were the commercials. Did you guys watch the commercials? No, we fast-forwarded no, the commercials. But the, people, people the every year. The commercials were intense. Yeah, it's a big deal every year, the commercials. Yeah. 
Like, because it's a Hallmark Hall of Fame, so they have all these big Hallmark things and all these big uh, charities that they're doing and everything. And every single commercial was like Sarah McLachlan, like singing over the faces of sad dogs. <laughs> like every single one was just like, oh, my heart. What are you doing? Jeez, I'm just trying to watch Kristen Jenner with Fall in Love politely. <laughs> and it was so, it was so super intense. But uh, I, I would say like in the, the, the film itself, um, I don't know. There's a part of me that found this the it found it a little formulaic. Um, but I just I just the part of me that really connected to me was just seeing these two people that are older than usually we get in these movies mm-hmm. and seeing the movie sort of adapt to them. And I, I actually don't think Scott Wolf gives a very good performance in this, but I do think that just what they have together is so mature in the way that it is presented overall, like a little corny sometimes, but it felt more like a real romance, like a real, we're just, we're, we're two people. We're at interesting times in our lives. We're kind of lonely. It feels kind of nice. We ask each other out and it's the scene where he asks her out and she's just like, Oh really? He's like, Oh, unless you don't want to. It's like, no, no, I want to. Like that was really genuine. Yeah. 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 And I, believed in a connection there in a way that I often don't in these. And I think it's just people with life experience, having a general sense of what it's like to be in love at an older age and bringing it out uh, for realsies. So I actually thought that was kind of the linchpin that held the whole movie together was just, that felt pretty real. Nice. Panda. Uh, So the scene where she's writing uh, the song and they do a bunch of little quick cuts as she's just like trying to like yeah. figure out what she's going to do. I laughed. I love that scene. Yeah. That's it's a it it just shows her quirky fun personality. When she stands on the bench. Yeah, she and scre- and yeah, screams yeah. and then she apologizes. That's fun. And then I fist pumped at the big finish in the song. Uh, I don't fist pump easy. Uh, <clears throat> you uh, really have to do years something special. Since I've seen a panda <laughs> fist pump. Yeah, I mean, it was last <laughs> those, time I... Those key changes get you. Yeah, yeah it, it's when I uh, won the last quiz I competition. I more choir. Choir wasn't loud. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I actually do, but my goodness, I love a good key change. That and rounds. <laughs> yeah, like, you, in the song, not just, like, rounds in a WWE match. <laughs> <laughs> well done, buddy. Thank that you, was buddy. funny. <laughs> um, so, for me, one thing... Um, so, Danny's adopted. That's yeah, Danny's <laughs> adopted. Danny is indeed adopted. Right. Um, they've put up this tree, which I'm sure we'll get to it's not a great tree but they do have a train underneath the tree which i love um i've all i uh i love trains underneath trees what growing up um what i I lived in maine for a short period of time and um one of my uh one of my uncles had this massive train underneath the tree and i still remember it there's something uh just uh, full of wonder of a train being underneath the tree for me that i just love uh and then uh scott wolf i think plays a really good proud dad yeah uh, especially yeah. at the end when he's watching his son for the first time do something that his son loves and he's finally coming to terms with the fact that this is what my son loves and he's proud of it um his uh i don't know if it's just a if, if it's his brother or just a co-worker the guy is he is it a brother is it his no, brother it's his business partner buddy <laughs> okay. who's from a different era 
that guy. He yeah. punches him, and there's this whole thing going back and forth. And so, as uh, as a, a dad of a boy, uh, I, I I feel it. I I know what it's like to be proud of my son, um, even though my son is not two yet. No. Uh, but he's still done some things. <laughs> uh, his solo last week <laughs> yeah. at the Christmas concert, he crushed it, mm. um, and so uh, it gave gave me some dad feelings. I was not. At nearly as big a fan of Scott Wolf in this movie as I was of Kristen Chenoweth, but the scene where he's in the audience watching his totally. kid sing with his biological mom, there's a lot of emotions that would come mm. into play there, and I think that that scene was. You're right. Yeah. I think he. I think he Soda was, with the eyes. Yeah. Um, the scene that rang the most true for me, and also was my all the feels in this entire adoption story, is when she meets him on the stage when she realizes that Danny was in fact adopted and she comes on stage to meet with Danny and she, she looks at him and says, uh, why did you find me? And she says it with this smile, but also like, like Kristen Chenoweth plays like super duper traumatically embarrassed and down on herself in that scene too. Like she's embarrassed that she didn't have the means to take care of this kid and doesn't know what she'd ever say if she ever got a chance to meet him. And it turns out she's already met him. And so she has to have this weird conversation where she has to try to apologize for something that she felt was the right thing to do. And it's a good, like it's a good, the rest of it is way too easy, but that scene does in, incorporate a lot of what the real emotion of that would be like, in my opinion. So I did like that scene a lot. I really liked in that scene uh, how it ended where she was talking about how uh, you're the woman who raised you, the woman who died a few years ago. uh, She's your mother. That's right. I'm not trying to take you. Just says that right up the bat. Don't you have to call me mom right now. I just want to be your friend. And I thought, you know what? That's very mature and nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Isn't that that just thoughtful and well handled? It was as well handled as any part of this movie. It really was. That was excellently Mm. done. I agree. Um, Wait, what? For a Hall of Fame, it's always hard, you know. They're just there's the the Hall of Fames are locked tight. Um, but I, uh, I I hope that you can find some panda, even even though it's your favorite. Yeah, one. there's only one I was able to okay. find, guys. It, being transparent, I know that you guys have some other ones, but the only one that really made me go, "Come on, man!" Uh, was her son, uh, Danny, at the very beginning. Who, by the way, Danny was adopted. Danny's adopted. Adopt- Danny is. Uh, I'm sorry, Bibbs. <laughs> This is a joke from last season. There's a movie called Road to Christmas. There's a character named Danny, Chad Michael Murray. We did not think he was adopted. It turns out he was adopted, and we got a ton of emails about it. Like, Danny was adopted, and we did not know that. And so uh, now that this character is Danny, who is also adopted, we're deciding to really take a run at that, and I'm leading the way. So I'm really thrilled that we're doing it. You hear that, audience? Danny was adopted. Uh, at the very beginning uh, of the movie, he is uh, playing piano as uh, 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 Catherine is greeting her students as they walk on out. Uh, and he's just playing the piano and he's singing as loud as he humanly can. And she walks on in and she goes, oh, you can sing. And he was like, oh, I don't know if I can sing or not. Let's be honest. If you're playing the piano and singing at the top of your voice as the kids are literally just starting to leave the room and you're showboating up there, come on, man. I give it a little bit of a pass because he is trying to be like, also, you're my mother, and he doesn't probably know how to start this relationship that way. But still, it's like, come on, man. 
It's uh, maybe maybe she was hoping he was hoping that she'd be like, man, where'd you get your chops? And he'd be, be like, like you, oh, you, Bobby. Like, <laughs> like, it, is, it is a bit like that Kristen Wiig sketch on SNL when she's like, don't make don't me make sing. sing. <laughs> don't, make, don't make me sing. <laughs> she's got all, the, all I will say is that we will revisit this moment when I handle my what the hallmark. Uh, I, love her, no, no. I have I have some thoughts. Yes. Uh, about that whole bit. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's it, man. Yeah, that's fair. How about your wait? What's man? Oh, I have I have a ton sure. actually. I don't know if it's rude to to do many. There's no, it's but, never rude. Okay, uh, the magic tree finding sweater, which no one has mentioned yet. I have it down. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I don't think it made the the summary. Um, so the gag is there's a magic tree finding sweater. That's the actual official name that uh, Scott Wolf uh, has for Danny, and they can't find the right Christmas tree. Unless they have the magic tree finding sweater. And when they go get the tree, it's hilarious because Chris and Jen was like, what about this tree? And they're like, nah. And then <laughs> they just like, go, go use the sweater. And she's like, he'll never find a tree in this Christmas tree lot filled with trees. And then he gets one. And they're like, it's real. The thing that bothered me about the sweater is that that sweater is like an adult man's yes. like large sweater. Yep. Yes. And he supposedly had it since he was a little kid and it looks brand new. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had and that also, on the list. Also, well. let's just say hypothetically, uh, he had it his whole life and maybe he wore uh, it. Maybe a, Greg a, wore it oh, and then okay. gave it to Danny. Danny is. A solid five, six inches taller than his dad. That's right. And there's no way that this uh, sweater ever fit his dad. So yeah, I, I, maybe he wore it as just a giant drape as right. a child. But my question is, is that who's believing that that tree was the perfect tree? <laughs> like the sweater has failed us, guys. Yes. That tree sucks. <laughs> it's a bad tree. That's yeah, not a good but tree. The, tr the, the sweater finds the tree that needs the most love, Alapina. Mm. <laughs> I like that. That's right. That's the issue. Uh, more, more. Wait, what? Uh, when the in the uh, cookie making montage. Thank you, Hallmark. You never let us down. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where Kristen Chenoweth, who we have seen before in like a nice, tricked out New York apartment, making mugs of hot cocoa and Santa mugs. Uh, she picks up a flour sifter and basically goes, "What's this?" <laughs> like she's never seen a flour sifter before in her life. She is fifty years old. That's right, <laughs> and she's clearly she's worked at Broadway. She's worked at restaurants. She's never seen hide nor hair of a flour sifter. <laughs> that was the way it was. Yeah, I, that did not. I, they try. Early in the movie, they try for her to set like she buys the cupcakes, and so they try their best to go to make you think, oh, she's not a baker. But it's not like they're talking about an archaic piece of equipment. Like just being fifty, even if you've never baked, you would know what a flour sifter is. Yeah, you, like, you can get that at any supermarket that has a decent, you know, section for cookware. <laughs> yeah, like you can just get one of those right now for less yep. than five bucks. You yep. Ingles is great. Wine. Yeah, yeah, love Absolutely. Ingles. It's okay. Uh, the other big one uh, uh, that I got was um, uh, so Gavin is supposed to write a Christmas song for them. And the Christmas song is supposed to make a ton of money so that they can fund the thing for next year. Um, he's cutting it pretty close anyway. Yep. It's December. Yeah. And they don't. He knew you had to do this all year. <laughs> you put this off. All you got to do is make something about angels. Kristen Chenoweth whips it out in a couple of weeks and she's out of practice. Yeah. Gavin yeah. has dropped the ball 
hard. Gavin is so fired. Yeah. I hope he doesn't get that job back next year. No. Gavin cannot get the job again next year. There's no way. He often Switzerland with your family. Are Do you, you think you, me? you think this is a situation where he woke up and he went, "Oh no, oh no, that was today. That was today. Had all year, did nothing." <laughs> Gee. <clears throat> Do you have any more? You good? Um. Yeah. The other thing I got is that I'll dovetail into my what the hallmark. It'll be fine. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. Um. Yeah. I had this the, the tree finding sweater. Um. She had extra tickets to the to the uh, who uh, the Rockettes, which are called the Razzle Dazzles. They had extra tickets. Why? Why? Why have the extra tickets to the Razzle Dazzles? They 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 show up with the two two guests. They make a point to say we had extra tickets, so I had to invite somebody. No, was it the uh, her cousin's family that couldn't go? Like, wasn't it her cousin's like husband? Yeah, she was like out of town or something. Yeah, they couldn't go. Yeah, so they had extra. tickets. It was Great. either that or they were calling number nine. The guy extra tickets. I love that. <laughs> um, and then I. This is just maybe it's just me, and maybe this is what normally happens at these big choir things. Was it not weird that she sang a duet? That is, was it not weird? No, that's it, weird. The fact that why the, not have a student? Why not spotlight another choir student? Choir director of a student-led performance that is a virtually a non-profit. She's, yeah. She's singing the big solo. Yeah. I don't understand that. She's this artist who is known for this Broadway thing. It just seems it it's it not a good look. Right. It doesn't. And you have this girl who they've established kind of that um that uh, Danny who's adopted uh has kind of had a thing with. Yep. I thought they were going to have her sing the duet. No, it's nah. it's 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 her. And I, I I don't know. It was just a little bit weird. And maybe that's normal for, for like school. Like that is not school. normal okay. at all. Not, not at not all. Normal. There, there's two possibilities here. One is sort of like a maybe, and the other one is this is actually what it was. Um, first possibility is because she was so last minute with that song, there wasn't time to teach anyone else. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like none of yeah. the other, like none of the other sopranos in the thing were good enough to learn the song in one day. Yeah, yeah so yeah. she had to sing it. That's plausible, and if they could have addressed that, and that would have been fine. But they didn't. What it actually is is, uh, we hired Kristen Chenoweth to be in this movie. <laughs> she right. is singing that song. That's right. Yeah, we're not letting someone else. It's like at the end of that Mariah Carey movie that yes. they did oh. that she directed, and the little girl sings the Mariah Carey song, and I'm like, you had Mariah Carey. Bibbs, she was on set that day. Just go listen to our episode because if I've given the rant once, I've given it a hundred times. She sings the most popular Christmas song that plays every year, and she did not do it in her own movie. And for the life of me, I don't understand it. It makes no sense at all. Of course, we're all happy that she sang. It was fantastic. Yeah. It just. It yeah. was a little bit. It didn't. Weird. It didn't make a lot of it sense. Makes no sense. But yeah. Kristen Chenoweth is a professional singer. Yeah, she should sing. <laughs> she should absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad we're all better people. We're all for better it. for that song. Don't make we me are sing. The world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, uh, I've got a bunch. Uh, I'm glad Bibbs is here because he actually takes some of mine. Whereas you two don't. Uh, normally, I have too many Bibbs, and I can't ever get to all okay. of them. And so you help me out there. Um, at what point does maybe I'll get my creative juices flowing no longer work as an excuse? for not writing the song due in three days and works more functionally as for you to make sure you do whatever you want to do. Because she uses that excuse, I think, five times. Three times in one day. Like, she ha- she is on a deadline, has to write a song, 
And basically, anytime she can do something fun instead of write the song, she just says, maybe it'll get my creative juices flowing. And and that's all we need, apparently. And she goes and writes uh, the song. That's called being creative. That's right. <laughs> my bad. I've, I've, I've known so many artists in my life. I've been an artist at times in my life. And that is just, I will do literally anything not to write right now. <laughs> and sometimes it is true. Sometimes it is like you get your mind off of it and – it allows you to see things from a different angle because you're not so hyper-focused and thinking about the same thing over and over again. But yeah, she is, she becomes the absolute reigning high queen of procrastination in this movie. Yeah. No, I, like I, she has time to take over another family. You probably should have just written the song. Yeah. That's when, you know, like that's when, you know, that, uh, maybe it doesn't take that long, I guess, to write a song. Like, now it makes Gavin look even worse because she's picking out bad trees and not knowing what a flower sifter is. She still brings the brings the pain in that no, song. Ga- Gavin's a doofus. Gavin just can't get it together. No, I but mean, that's Gavin for you. That's Gavin for you. Can we do an entire movie about Gavin like learning the true meaning of Christmas, like in Switzerland? Oh, I would like lo- and like yeah. writing a good Christmas song again and like having a. He needs a redemption arc. And at the end, he gets called by Kristen Chenoweth and she says. Danny was adopted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, uh, so a couple things. Uh, they go to this office work party. They've just arrived at said office work party. And one of uh, Greg's coworkers comes over with his wife. And they're talking. And she tells this girl tells Kristen Chenoweth how much she loved her in Broadway, blah, blah, blah. And then they decide to leave. And you know, anytime you're in a conversation and you have to leave the conversation and you don't know how to exit that conversation, you're like, it's pretty easy. You you don't know how to exit. I don't know how to leave conversations. Stuff. It's really hey, great seeing you. You know, just just so you gotta say something. Yeah. I always have something to do. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this particular couple, uh, this husband decides this is his go to. Well, we're gonna go find some food before this one passes out. <laughs> what? <laughs> he he basically said that my either my wife has not eaten all day in order to be at this thing, or she's had so much to drink that she can barely stand up and we've got to go find some food. Uh, what, 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 how is that a line in this movie? Uh, that actually tracks. If you uh, <laughs> watch the beginning of the movie, cause that's his assistant. Uh, the lady is his assistant. And at the beginning of the movie, she is uh, putting Christmas decorations up all over his office. And he keeps telling her, I told you to go home early. So you could spend time with your family for the holidays. And she says, no, I'd rather decorate my boss's office. <laughs> And I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm just like, does she hate her family? And now I see why. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she has drunk herself into hating her family. <laughs> I, I, or her family's so terrible, she drinks. One or the other. That's true. Boy, it was something. I'm um, I get it. She, uh, Chenoweth is calling on the phone with her cousin who has gone back to Oklahoma for the holidays or whatever. And she's like, nobody under 30, you know, don't throw snowballs at anybody over 30. And we talked about that. But what's weirder about it is, is that – as they're having a conversation, she's talking about like the show and writing the song and maybe looking to find her son. Nothing of any that needs any actual physical help or really emotional support you couldn't give her on the phone. And the cousin just goes, do you want me to get on a plane right now? And I found it weird because it wasn't like she needed any particular, like she got what she needed just by calling her on the phone. Like, I don't understand like, she wants out of Oklahoma. There it is. Yeah. That and that's she what hates I'm getting it. At. She hates it. She hates her kids. She wants back. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and lastly, I've been praising Kristen Chin with all movie, but at the end of the movie, she's drinking a glass of champagne <laughs> as they cut away, and she leads with her tongue. She literally goes like this. 
<laughs> and it is one of the more uncomfortable moments I've ever seen in a Hallmark movie. And you wow. need to go and take it to the tape. She literally yeah. leads into a glass with her. It's not like she brings it to her tongue. She's like out yeah. here with her tongue. I don't know why. Who does that? But she did. Maybe she was looking for the straw in that champagne. She ra- she llamaed the drink. She, she maybe she maybe shouldn't be drinking any more champagne. Yeah. We gotta uh, get her some food before she passes out. Hey, That's and right. you could have watched our reenactment of that if you have been watching Friendly TV. That's right. That's right. Oh, it was such a reenactment. Was Yours really was good. the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now I don't. Sorry, like I am <laughs> so sorry. Sign up for Friendly TV. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, it's time for what the hallmark. As far as sure, we wonder what could have been. What would maybe happen to give some clarity to the questions that we still have? Bibbs, you left us hanging. I, I want to hear what yours is because it just sounds like it's going to be a really good one. So what's your What the Hallmark? Okay. Uh, so this is one of those movies. Listen, this is a very sweet movie. I like this movie. But this is one of those Hallmark movies where if you tilt your head ever so slightly, it becomes a horror film. Yeah. Sure. So, like, this is one where in the opening scene when she is – okay, first off, I just this is apropos of nothing, but – most Hallmark movies usually begin with like an establishing shot of a city or a small town and there's the title. This one, it's like the opening they used to have before HBO movies where it's like flying between the cities and this really fake looking New York and then it like zooms in on the thing. So they spent some money on this and I respect that. But when they zoom in and she's like conducting the choir and everything like that, the camera awkwardly cuts to one guy coughing. <coughs> <coughs> And I remember thinking, oh, he's going to die. Like, that's the plot of this movie. Is he's, I didn't see the trailer beforehand. I just assumed he was going to die, and that was going to be the whole story. But it turns out he gets sick, and that's why Danny is able to sort of fill in. They, they need a tenor uh, really, really fast. And when you then when you realize that Danny isn't there by chance, Danny came on purpose oh. to insinuate himself into his mother's life, Danny infected that boy with Danny some sort of did. virus. Danny that's my theory. I think Danny has some sinister motives. That's why he's Ooh. like singing too loud. Look, ha-ha, I'm just singing. It's like Goodwill hunting, like doing the thing on the blackboard and then yes. saying, no, I didn't want anyone to notice that I'm good at math. Like, no, this is him very loudly, very creepily fatal attractioning his mom. I just love getting it. in wow. there, being super weird. And on top of it all. And then like, you see like his weird little looks, like I remember because the thing is they they dumped the adoption angle on you really late because if they had done it earlier, it would have been so obvious it would have been interminable because there's all these scenes where Kristen Chenoweth is like talking to his dad and he's got this parent trap look on his eyes like that's going to date. And if you don't know that that's his real mom, he looks weirdly invested in that. Yeah, yeah. he does. He really does. Comfortable. Yeah. And I- then Scott Wolf who I think can be a really good actor. I don't think this is his best film by any stretch. Uh, There's a couple of moments where he also makes it really weird. Like they do the thing where they light up their terrible Christmas tree and Kristen Chenoweth goes, it's beautiful. And then he looks at her with the intensity of a serial killer and says, yes, it is. (laughs) She's an it to Scott Wolf right now. <laughs> That's very disturbing. And then you can see, like later on, after she tells him the whole story about how she gave her child up for adoption, and she says, "Oh, I can't believe I just told you that." And he says, "Well, I'm glad you felt comfortable telling me that." With this death glare, this like he looks like Pennywise the clown, like his <laughs> eye is about to roll off independently of the other. <laughs> 
I got a creepy vibe from this movie once in a while. I know it's unintentional because, of course, it's Hallmark, but there's an alternate take on this, which is maybe going on at the exact same time where this is actually very sinister, and a part of me wants to see that version. I'm Dude, not going to lie. That, him making the other kid sick is just such a yeah. great theory. I, I love am. that so much. Because if the kid's not sick, what we don't need him. That's right. And this whole thing well, is for he not. He never meets his mom. That's yeah. right. Wow. He's too smart for that. He was going to go into business school for busy businessmen. That's right. That's true. He, That's true. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, that puts to shame mine, which is just um, what's going on with the uh, famous eggnog martini. That's what mine was. It's, <laughs> it's like, that sounds good. What makes it famous? But after that, yeah. who cares about the martini? No kid. Mine was I just this, mine was the secret Santa. Exchange. Okay, well, like, that's a good one. That's <laughs> a good one. Weird one. I think they had basically had this idea where what if we tried to create the perceived enjoyment of white elephant and secret Santa, not actual enjoyment, because in reality, those things usually are kind of terrible, but the perceived enjoyment of those two things. And we personified in Scott Wolf, just throwing things. It was like people. secret Santa meets auction house. Yeah. And he's just holding it up and people are like, that's mine. That's mine. But the, the only way it was throwing it out willy Santa nilly. is in the fact that he was secretly Santa. <laughs> yes. Not that there was anybody getting, anybody he bought all him. those presents that's that's secretly. Right. Yeah. Can you, could you, you make heads? Or, what's that? I can't. He's, I are you talking? I, can't I wasn't talking from you either. I was listening diligently. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but like, I remember that scene being really, really weird because they're at this party and they break out like the Santa costume and Santa's sack and it's obviously full of stuff. And Scott was like, no, I couldn't possibly. And they say something to the effect of, oh, come on, you invented this. You invented Santa? Right. Come on, You invented giving gifts away at an office Christmas party? All he does is put on the hat and the beard and give stuff out. (laughs) That's not a new tradition. That's just you... Giving the, stuff out while making yourself the center of attention. I had the you maniac. Crazy idea a decade ago. What if somebody dressed up like the big guy? What if he really did it? And we pretended that Santa was here. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I liked it, though. I, yeah. and I, we're going to do it at the company Christmas party, guys. Yeah, we're pretty going to stand, stand up there and be like, who wants it? And it's just two of us, so Santa's it's going to be wild. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you, you guys can bring your spouses. Oh, thank you. And your kids. Man, wow, it's wow. going to be a bunch of us. It's going to be a good year. Um, and you're going to take a gift from my child? Wait, what? Like, you're going to, you're, you're not going to give, like, you're just going to say who wants this to one person, so my kids aren't each going to get a gift? No, everybody gets a <laughs> okay, gift. Okay, all right, I feel I'm not an animal. Good, thank goodness. Gosh. Um, that said, could we get multiple gifts? Like, no, if I it's, took a, one, yeah. it's a one per really. No, situation. you get one. Yeah. <laughs> don't, be, don't be greedy. <laughs> um... Mine is just these college applications. Uh, I I, I want to know how many schools that that Danny is applying to. Like, I want to know the names of all the schools because, I mean, I I worked in a school for a long time, and I can tell you that uh, college applications have never stopped any high school student from really doing anything. Um, and so, if he's can't can't do this stuff because of college applications. I want to know just how many he's applying to. Like, I want to know what what is kind of his reach school. What what's he really thinking? Is it Harvard? Is he trying to be a big big boy? Is he what, what's he doing here? Northwestern. Yale. Oh, wow. His dad went to Yale. Wow, man. So maybe he's applying to all the Ivy Leagues. Yeah, all the Ivy Leagues. But even so, like this Hallmark always has this weird timing thing where they think everything happens in December. Yes. You know, like, oh, we have a Christmas ad campaign. Well, we better get started. It's December 1st. Yeah. No, you were working on that all year. Yeah. And the, when it comes to college, 
like applications, he would have been applying like over the summer. Yeah. He's 18. Yeah. And you know he's 18 because if he wasn't 18, the adoption company wouldn't have released his mother's real name to him without his dad being okay with it. That's correct. And that also, was not a thing. So he's already a senior and yeah. he hasn't applied yet or he's in the middle of applying? Yeah. Early, he is, is he planning to take a year off? Because he is late. Early admissions are usually like October of your senior year. So like you, you have to have all your – at the very least, all your apps in before the fall of your senior year, like right around Labor Day. Yeah. September is a good time to turn them in. You cannot be in December thinking you're going to get into any good school of your senior year and actually get it. Yale loves it when you're tardy. Yeah, it's like, oh, you missed it by three months, but 1,400 SAT, a boy. <laughs> I care how bold you are. Just like you're so confident just coming in, swinging late to the party. That's right. What a grand entrance with your late application to our school. As yeah. long as you don't sing in a choir – you're going to shoe it. Oh, no. No. Oh, my God. Dad's saying, like, he's going to sing in a choir. That's not going to help him to get any, co- any colleges. Yeah, colleges hate electives. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely don't <laughs> they want They hate it when you're well-rounded. They, they don't hate want that. extracurricular activities. That's the worst if you're trying to get into college. Right. right. Was that it? I think we did it. Guys, we hey, did it. Do you know this whole movie is about really giving back to the kids? It is. And do you know what else is about giving back to the kids? What's that? Communities and schools. You're so right. Uh, we partner with a nonprofit each and every year. This is 100% true called communities and schools. And that company works throughout the nation, partnering with public schools, giving resources to individuals who are in that 20% that are going to struggle to graduate from high school. What does that mean? That means they give them at some cases, a bed to sleep on mental health, counseling, money, transportation, anything they would need that would help them. And when Kids partner with community and communities and schools. They have a 99% chance of graduating high school, which is a transformative experience. And so if you watch this movie and you're like, I want to give back, have we got the organization for you? Go to deckthehallmark.com slash joy, deckthehallmark.com slash joy, and give and give generously this holiday season. I love it. I mm. love it. Uh, Bibbs, tell everybody about how they can uh, follow you on the socials, read all your things and all that good stuff. All right, I have a lot of stuff, so everyone just sit back and have a cocoa. Uh, all right, so uh, I write for The Wrap. I write for uh, a horror publication called Bloody Disgusting, if that's what you're into as well. There's more overlap than you'd think. Uh, I got uh, – what do I got? Uh, I host a ton of podcasts. I host uh, the critically acclaimed podcast where we review new movies. Uh, that is on the critically acclaimed network where the majority of my podcasts live. Uh, we have a letters podcast called We've Got Mail where we answer all of our listeners' emails and talk about – film theory and film history and recommend movies. We have a show, monthly show called The Iron List in which we present lists of the best movies ever made uh, as chosen by our Patreon subscribers. We have a show called Cancel Too Soon in which we review TV shows that lasted only one season or less. Coming up this week, uh, we have got Emma Stone's acting debut in The New Partridge Family, which is very exciting. Uh, let's see what we got here. Over at the Critically Acclaimed Network, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We have a ton of exclusive podcasts for our subscribers, uh, including a Star Trek podcast called All Our Yesterdays, where we review every single episode of Star Trek in production order. We have a show called Only the Best, where we review every single film ever nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards Mm -hmm. in chronological order. Love that. Um, I uh, also host a show on the Schmodes No podcast feed uh, called The Two Shot, in which we review one of the most notoriously bad movies ever made and pair it every week with one of the best movies ever made. This week we are reviewing Red Sonia, uh, and we're going to pair it with something very, very cool. Uh, but that's a surprise. 
Uh, I also, you can also find me doing movie trivia on a YouTube series called the Movie Trivia Schmodown. I am a former uh, world trivia movie trivia champion over there. So uh, the season just ended in spectacular fashion. There's a lot of cool episodes if you want to uh, see a great show that combines movie trivia and wrestling. So uh, wow. it's neat. Also, I'm on Twitter at William DeBiani, and my show is on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. It should have been critically acclaimed, but uh, that was too long for Twitter. Uh, we don't wow. talk about it. This wow. is a busy man. Busy. Well, thank you for spending time with us and joining in on the fun. You were wonderful. Thank you very, very much. It's an honor to be here. Keep up the good work, not just with the Hallmark, but with the charities. That's really, really amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. really honored. Uh, Before we wrap up, we do have a patron of the week. We always try to do a deep dive into one of our patrons' lives or two or three or four. Sometimes they're connected, and that's really exciting times. Panda, you've done the hard research. Uh How difficult was it to find this story in particular? Well, you would think it'd be tough, but believe it or not, it was easy. Who do we got, Dan? It's Becca Easley and Becky Ritta. Becca and Becky. Becca and Becky. That's Becca right. Becca and Becky. Let me tell you, uh, as always, entrepreneurs. I, I want to toss it yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, but they started uh, They started their own company called Slow Dough. Slow Dough. Slow Dough. Is this dough the money or is this dough a deer or is this dough like bread? Uh, a little bit of everything because here. it seems like all these entrepreneurs. <laughs> How could it possibly be a little bit of everything? <laughs> all these entrepreneurs have business titles that are homonyms. I don't know if you noticed this. They all... Or, or some sort of a play on words where you think it's one thing, but it's actually another. It's every single so one. So it is somehow related to money, deer, and uh, baking. Bacon. Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, it's a pizza company. Okay. Uh, and they have, how does the deer factor in? Uh, deer topping. They have venison. Oh, no. Venison. <laughs> venison pizza is yeah. what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and But, you know, as they start slow dough. It, so it's is it S-L-O-W-D-O-E? Please tell me it is. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but I will also tell you, they have a little bit of a plot twist with the slow dough concept here with their pizza company. Uh, they guarantee that uh, their pizza will take over 30 minutes to get to you. Okay, so it's fa- it's, a, it's a slow, slow dough. That's not, <laughs> it's exactly what you think it would be. It's slow pizza. Yeah, okay. yeah. But with, take, well, but with, uh, with, with venison. Deer. Well, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Becca and Becky. (laughs) So are they doing well? Uh, People really want to get their pizza within the same day, and they don't promise that. (laughs) It takes a really long time to get your pizza. Could I order in advance and it would be guaranteed on time? No. I order one for Thursday? Uh, it's pro- it might come between 4 and 7 o'clock on uh, What comes quicker, their pizza or my Amazon Prime package? Uh, your Amazon Prime, yeah, definitely. No, so. yeah, right. no, it's it's definitely slow. It's a I'm terrible st- idea, ladies. But thanks for donating. That's right. I ordered a month ago. I'm still waiting. Wow, <laughs> dare to dream. That's Bibbs, Sorry that you stuck through that. Uh, <laughs> may we be the first to wish you and everybody listening a Merry Christmas. Christmas. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast presented by Friendly TV produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehallmark.com.